It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio on a Friday. Great to be with you. I am Boyd Matheson rolling into the long Labor Day weekend. Uh, as we've been looking at the past several decades, of course, interest rates uh, have been falling. In fact, they've been so low that we've actually built our politics, we've built our economy, we've we've built our lives around these very low interest rates. And now suddenly we're in this different spot. Inflation is raging. Uh, you got the Fed tightening monetary policy strategy. Uh, it's it's a time to really question, okay, are the, the days of the low interest rates gone for good? And what does that actually mean? Uh, and this is something we have talked about for years as it relates to the national debt. That if the interest rate that we're paying on the debt just returns to historic averages. So we're not even talking about a big swing. We're just saying, let's just say it goes from basically we've been at zero when it comes to interest we're paying on the debt. And now if it just starts ticking up a few more points just to those historic averages, uh, that changes everything. Because suddenly we'll be making an interest payment alone that will be far greater than most of the things that we fund in government. And we could very easily go to a trillion in interest alone. And so then, and then you have to start looking at, well, so then what do you do? Then everything changes and you end up with some very draconian options in terms of what you can do. Government can continue to print more money. And guess what that does to inflation? And guess who that hurts the most? That hurts the poor and the most vulnerable the most. You can raise taxes. That's going to cause a problem. There aren't a lot of good options there. And so the sad thing is is that we've really been playing off of this basically zero interest rate for so long now that we really have reconstructed our politics and our economy around it. Uh, Megan McCardle had a great post uh, uh, piece in the Washington Post today talking about the, the rock bottom interest rates, uh, obviously not going to last forever. Uh, and so she goes back through and gives a little bit of a history of that in terms of, you know, back to 1981. Uh, you had a, a, year, a yield on a 10-year Treasury note was about 16%. Uh, the rate, uh, if you were trying to buy a car or a house, you were going to pay probably north of 17% annual interest rate. So think about where we are now. Uh, and some people are complaining because it's, it's ticked up a few. So a lot of this, as you look at it historically, even if you look back to the global financial crisis of 2008, 
we've still hovered with incredibly low interest rates. And so the, the worry is that we're going to have to have, you know, these pretty wrenching adjustments going on. And the Fed has indicated that pain is coming, that individuals and families and small businesses especially are going to be feeling some pain in the coming months. And so I want to look at this for just a second in terms of how it's reshaped our politics. And Megan McArdle pointed this out in a, in a real powerful way in her piece in the Washington Post. She said, after the financial crisis, some economists urged the government to be more aggressive about using borrowed money to restore full employment. So at first, that was a, an argument about stimulus. But then... Very quickly, as often happens in government, it became about everything else. Things like infrastructure investment. Because, again, the thinking from the political class was, well, look, borrowed money is so cheap, it'd be stupid not to do positive things, things that you know have a good return on investment for the future. And, and you can make that case. But as I always remind businesses, cash covers a multitude of sins and problems in your organization. And because money was so cheap and the federal government was so willing to spend and borrow, and deficit spend in particular, that they lost all fiscal restraint. And here is where I will be the ultimate equal opportunity offender. I'm actually not sure whose spending was worse, Republicans or Democrats. They both have no ground to stand on when it comes to spending over the last several decades. They both have spent us into a $30 trillion hole. And I would just remind you that you cannot, you cannot get $30 trillion in debt through conflict. And I know we often complain about the conflict in our nation's capital. But when it comes to spending, conflict is not the problem. Collusion is the problem. You have to have a partner in spending. And when you collude, you get $30 trillion in debt. And that's where we are. So now so now we're looking at something like borrowing another $500 billion to a trillion to forgive student loan debt. And then what happens? Well, what happens is the money's not always free. Money's never free. But when we act like it is, when we shape our politics and our policy around a never-ending supply of low-interest money, and we think we're all going to be fine, the reality is we're just not. And it always ends up hurting the poor and the most vulnerable the most. Uh, great piece in the Washington Post. Uh, again, if you're looking for something uh, to read today, Megan McArdle, uh, really strong piece about interest rates and where we are and, sadly, what is likely to come next. And even the Fed itself is reminding everyone today there is going to be some pain in this process. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stick around. 
few years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.